This week's episode is brought to you by the Dark Irregulars. Do you like putting cards from one place to another? Are you a fan of Depeche Mode? Well, now at Dark Irregulars, you can have more soul than James Brown on a Friday night. Dark Irregulars, we're better than Pale Moon, that's for sure. Welcome to Nexus at Night. I'm Atlas. And I'm Matt. And I'm David. And uh, that was take number three, because I kept slipping on my tongue. All right. So today we're talking about the, uh, the, the edgiest of all the edge plans. We're not Dark- talking about Shot Paladin. No. Well, I argue that these guys are edgier. We're talking about Dark Irregulars. Um, the keyword is darkness. So, how more edgy can you get? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like. All right. Well, and That's fair. and our third today is, uh, like you said, is, is David. Uh, David is a good friend of ours. Who, like, you pretty. That's like your main, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Currently, yeah. that's my main. Yeah. And uh, honestly, it, it, you're you're very interesting to watch in like how you build your decks and how you play because you get pretty far for you know di's competitive standing you know was was pretty low and then now with uh you know the stuff coming out in 11 you know we'll we'll see what happens but it's uh, oh yeah i'm excited yeah (laughs) we'll get to that in a bit we're tiger jaeger oh yeah bread of mouth um (laughs) i don't know it's gonna be a good time but uh, why don't we talk about a little bit of the history of the DIs, the Dark Irregulars. Um, so, Dark Irregulars... I keep wanting to say DIs just because of how much easier it is, but... Gotta say yeah, most f- people do. I wanted to say the full name or whatever. So, uh, the Dark Irregulars started in BTO3, Demonic Lord Invasion, along with Pale Moon. Um, and they're a clan of vampires and succubi and... And demons and Nosferatu and demons and, and Amon and Amon isn't when it doesn't Amon fall in the demon category? But but he's Amon, so he he's, needs like a special he is the demon. He's the de- yeah the demon. Um, well, and then their whole mechanic is just based off of soul charging a lot. Yeah, you um, want your vanguard to be very fat. Wait. Well, so, so the bigger soul you have, the more you weigh. I, I get. I mean, the the pile is heavier because it has more stuff. So, yes. Yeah, actually, uh, you know, Vanguard YouTuber Different Fight his how to play for the Dark Irregulars has like a comically large stack of cards. Oh, yeah, that was great. He <laughs> <laughs> had like stacks on top of each other. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Um... But the difference between Pale Moon and the DIs in terms of, like, both of them soul charge a lot, but Pale Moon cares about what you have in soul, and Dark Raiders care about how much you have in soul. So it's it's quantity versus quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, historically that's the case. It's changing a little bit now. The lines are kind of blurring, because mm-hmm. now we have, like, Assassin and stuff that just pops out like a Pale Moon. Yeah, I mean... But for the most part, yeah. I think in general, every clan just kind of blobs into each other after a while. Like, you have, you know, stuff retire. Like, before, it was, like, just Kagura and Narukami, and then now a lot of stuff has retire mechanics just kind of shoehorned in there and that kind of thing. I think what's more accurate is some clans just forcibly take these mechanics from others. 
Like, yeah, it's like everybody kind of does the same thing. It's just how they do it that's different nowadays. What do you mean? Uh, like, uh, every, almost everyone has a restander now and, like, draw power and retire power. All these, like, basic mechanics uh-huh. that were kind of clan exclusive for a while yeah. are given, being given to all these clans that have, like, fulfill X condition. Uh-huh. So in Darker Regulars, it'll be like, oh... If you have X soul, then you restand, you draw, you retire, so and so. Yeah. Uh, for Genesis, it might be like soul blast this amount, and then you get to restand, you get to draw, you get to retire. Well, they don't retire, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. So it it when it started, your kind of big boss was uh, Amon. What was the full name again? Demon Marquis, right? Yeah. Demon Marquis Amon. Demon Marquis Amon. So his original so the skill was i can't remember the full thing um it's pretty simple uh when uh, he attacks he gets 1000 power for every card in soul mm -hmm. uh to himself and he has an act skill where you can counter blast one take one of your rear guards put it in your soul and they your opponent has to retire one of their cards Mm -hmm. which you can repeat since it's an act that's good um yeah, this is before the days of uh, something saying once per turn on there. Or, like, you can only... Okay, they had stuff that said you can only use this ability once per turn or something like that. But, like, you know, as long as you could pay it, you could do it. Well, it wasn't, like, super great to just sit there and spam. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a clan that has very few ways to kind of gain cards. Mm-hmm. So, like, for one trades, like hurt you like you're hoping that your size the size of your vanguard will end up plusing you cards yeah and then yeah. as fun as it is to just counter blast five suck your whole field in say get rid of your field it's uh you don't usually want to repeat the act but but then my but then my vanguard gets gets bitter i don't know <laughs> um but the real fun thing to do is uh have amon eat himself how does that oh, yeah. even work Oh, like a counterblast one, shove in a rear guard of on. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Um, let's see. So the the next round of support was like five, five, yeah, five and seven. Well, five was a not really support, but well, you you, you got you got hysteric Shirley out of the deal. That's something. Is well, that that's actually very important. Uh, Beelzebub. What was Beelzebub? He's like this old terrible card that came out after Amon, but he was worse than Amon. Bummer. I don't know what this card does. Oh, this card sucks. Yeah. Pretend I read this card. (laughs) I wanted my binder just uh, for binder's sake. For For binder's sake? Yeah. Gotta remind myself where I came from. (laughs) But yeah, Hysteric Shirley... uh, it was kind of awkward because draw triggers were a little awkward in dark regulars for a while anyway. Because yeah. people were like, oh, well, I'm soul charging a lot. I don't want to randomly deck out. And now we're back to the point where you just play draw triggers again. So Hysteric Shirley is great. Yeah. So Hysteric Shirley was draw trigger. You shove it in soul and then soul charge, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So th- this also allowed you to you know, get rid of uh, – you know, get more soul charges for minimal shield. Because often, like, you know, losing a stand or a crit and doing that does hurt a little bit, depending. Um, well, and, like, triggering a draw, drawing a card, then using the draw for, like, an effect you want anyway is, like, desirable. Yeah, that's true. And now, especially, uh, this draw is kind of, like, a reasonable shield on its own. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that was really the only thing of note in GBTO5. Uh, GBTO5, and, people were much more interested in every other clan. What, in MLB and... MLB Dote. Dote. Yeah. Was, was Palamedes in that set? Palamedes was set three. Um, I can't keep track of all this stuff. The only the only reason I remember is set three had that like broken glass triple R pattern. Oh, that's what the Sukiyomi stuff was too. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I love that rarity pattern. But um, yeah, everyone misses that one. Yeah. Um. So the next one, next round of stuff was set seven, which I was not paying attention to because I was like, ah, great nature, awesome. But you know, speaking of crappy rarity patterns, set seven. <laughs> I liked set seven. But I hate the wavy thing. It looks dumb. I thought it was like stripes or whatever, and then like the oh, man. and then the SP was like this carbon fiber like cross stitch looking thing. The SP was yeah. sweet. Yeah. So the triple R in the set for dark regulars was really broken for a second in English, and then not because they ratted it. Uh, it's X- Dark Lord of the Abyss. Uh-huh. Slimmer Break Four has an act Counterblast Two, Soul Blast Two. Uh, this unit gains 1k for each Dark Irregulars in your soul. Period. What was it before? Well, what is missing from this statement? Until it end doesn't happen until end of turn. So oh. it just gains this power indefinitely. <laughs> this, <laughs> this has been eradicated. <laughs> but when it first came out, people were like, dang, this card's broken. Yeah. And then it was not broken. Wow, I never noticed that. That's hilarious. <laughs> It just seems it just seems like the the only advantage it has over the old Amon was eleven uh, k base, right? Because otherwise, it's the same effect. That and you can repeat his effect, so you can oh. do it. Yeah, and he soul charges himself uh, oh, as yeah, part of my the too. skill. I mean, that's cool. That's I guess. But... Other than that, Amon's just uh, generally better still. Like at this point, yeah. So that was fine, and then uh, let's see. After that, you guys. Well, we can't. We can't. We can't forget the the man, Bladewing Ragey. Oh, was he in this set? Yes, he was. He, I forgot about that. He's a double R, and uh, he has this really stupid thing that kind of defines a lot of the skills now. He, where if you have fifteen soul, he gets something, and his thing was plus two critical. It's not. Has an extra critical. It's three total critical. So that's like that's correct. Yeah. The cool thing about this card back in the day is since everything was limit break, you could just uh, get your opponent to three damage, and just keep swinging for three, never putting them at limit break. Oh yeah. The common booster for this was this bike that gained plus two k for each copy of it in soul. So you would like call the bike, ride ragey, choose the bike, put three bikes in soul, and then you'd have like this like a twelve k booster. Demon Bite <laughs> of the Witching Hour. So the other skill of Ragey that we didn't mention was when you rode him, you picked a rear guard, picked up to three copies of that card from the deck and put it into the soul. So this would repeat also with a later blade wing that we'll get into when we get into the more modern era. But just th- this guy turned out to be interesting <laughs> or like set a precedent because a lot of things turned into... Instead of like Amon, where it was just oh you get power for seven soul, it turned into thresholds. So if you have six in soul, if you have ten in soul, if you have fifteen in soul, that kind of thing. Um. So that's good, I guess. Then you had to wait what five sets or some bullshit. 
Uh, let's see. It, yeah, yeah, set 12. Set 12, Binding Force of the Black Rings. You get the tree of all people. Um, yeah, this is actually where I jumped into Darker Regulars back in the day with the Monreverse. Favorite Darker Regulars. Why? Why did I jump in? Both of you. Why, why did you jump in and why is it your favorite DI card, Matt? Because I mean, look at cool. What? On <laughs> reverse, it looks so cool. Okay, it looks like a dead tree. Yeah, yeah, and that's awesome. I mean, dead tree. No, you mean dead tree. No, you know, you, you know what it looks like to me. It, it looks like uh, if anyone's seen Ma- the new Mad Max movie, uh, the like the tree in in the middle of the movie that they tie the the rig to and they're trying to pull it out of the mud looks like that tree um, all right so if any uh, what, what's the uh effect of so this guy this he has a crossride skill yeah so if you have a but what's cool about the darker regulars crossride is this clan soul charges a lot as it is mm-hmm. so you're like decently likely just to end up with the original mon and soul somehow also good so it's like a pretty easy crossride, mm-hmm. and then yeah, you, can, you can just start at crossride because you call all your hell's cards, fill your soul, and then you get a mon there. And it's like, wow, I just ride thirteen k base. So yeah, the, the hell the hell stuff was like they turned a mon into a sub clan, right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's all a mon's whatever, like a mon's claw, a mon's whatever. Or... Yeah. Foot. <laughs> Whatever all the I can't remember all the cards. Amon yeah, Pancreas yeah. followers. Amon's following oh, yeah. Pancreas. Um, Hell's draw. Yeah. So what? Well, it was just like if you have an Amon Vanguard Soul Charge two or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or a lot of them were that. One of them was like Counterblast one. If you have it on place, Soul Charge one, then he gets five k or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That and one. Then, that one wasn't too good. Yeah, and then you had like your Amon twelve k beater. You had all the basic Amon stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, his his other skill, his limit break skill, was you just locked a dark regular's rear guard. Just no counter boss cost, just lock something, and it gets one k for each card in your soul. And then if you have six or more in soul, you gain a critical. So that's pretty easy to do. Yeah. So if you're a limit break, you just lock it, gain a bunch of power, get a crit, and then you're on thirteen k base. So your opponent is uh, you're you're generally going to be guarding less, which is important because again, this clan does not uh, get a lot of cards back, and your opponent basically needs to PG every turn. Always good. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. And then also in 12, there was... Uh... Hold on, what, David. Why did you jump in at this point? Right. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, um, so I was fairly new to Vanguard at the time. And um, I played Spike Brothers up until this point because uh, a friend got me into the game, got me a lot of Spike Brothers cards, and I got started there. But Darker Regulars was the first clan I actually chose for myself to play. Because mm-hmm. uh, I really liked the aesthetic of a lot of the cards. Uh, like, Dantarian was coming out. I really liked his aesthetic, even though I didn't end up playing him. Um, Amon looked really cool. And I liked the play style. I like offensive clans. And mm-hmm. this clan just had big numbers. Uh, you had Doring the Thruster, which could stack power. Uh, There's just big numbers everywhere. Criticals on your vanguards. So it was pretty exciting. Good. Wait, what was Dantarian again? So Dantarian is their break ride, which oh, I believe came yeah. in the same set it as did, yeah. uh, Reverse. 
Uh, yeah, uh, brake rides were good at the time, but this wasn't a very good brake ride. Um, when you ride something, you get 10,000 power to Vanguard like every other brake ride. But then you choose three rearguards, I believe, and they basically become mini Amons. They get 1,000 power for every card in your soul. But the problem, of course, is that uh, they have to be there before you ride. So you have to maintain a field. I mean, that's not the hardest thing in the world, because you can just call like the Hells thing, and they're just there, right? They don't go anywhere. Depending. Well, normally you, you you don't care about your rear guards, because like a lot of Dark Breakers' rear guards, once you play them, they're pretty much just useless. Yeah. Like, they just, like, almost all of them have on-play effects, and you don't really want to have to worry about keeping them around ever. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in, in a lot of sense, like, your grade 2 rear guards will be extra shield, that you just don't care what happens to them. But this break ride now kind of required you to care that they exist. Oh. Yeah. Bummer. So it's not very efficient. Um, and in general, Dorian was just better at stacking power for uh-huh. big columns than having to break ride. You could just play him. So I guess I got kind of got into the clan because of Dantarian, but then I ended up falling into a Mon reverse because he was in the same set and pretty cool. And it was overall the best deck at the time. Come for the come for the gay vampire, stay for the tree. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> um, let's see. So that was pretty much all you guys got in the in the original era. Um, aside from during, uh, was that during like the promo Legion stuff? They gave you the mon. Uh, not yet. Oh, that okay. was a couple sets later. Oh, okay. Dang. Yeah, you guys got nothing for the longest time. Yep. Yeah, back then, dark regulars weren't really competitive. Uh-huh. I owned the deck, but I never really took it to tournaments. Uh-huh. When set twelve, like exactly first hit, you could get away with playing a mon, and then uh, Over time. everyone was. And then BT thirteen hit, and CBD existed, which was pretty annoying. Oh, and yeah. then even worse, Novell came out. Oh yeah, and then Novell Novell just kind of turned the game on its head. Yep. Um, yeah, shame. That was not a fun time. Let's see. So, cut to you know, however much longer later, it's five sets and some change. I know more like eight sets. Uh, GBTO three Sovereign Star Dragon. You finally start getting your G era support um, in the form. Of Shaharat Vampire. Yeah, you don't have that growl every time. Um, right. <laughs> no. So, I can't remember his full skill because I don't have the card in front of me, and the internet where I am is very slow. So, The know. original Shaharat Vampire yeah. uh, has a pretty simple skill. When you stride on top of him, you counterblast one, soul charge two, and then he gains the skill of when he attacks. Uh, he... Gets uh, if you have six or more soul, then your opponent has to choose a card and retire it on their field. And then his GB two skill is just simply, uh, I believe it's ten soul. Uh, you get ten thousand power and a critical if you attack on Vanguard. Soul ten thousand for for the six soul for the ten thousand, ten soul for the crit. Oh, okay, yeah. So ten thousand for the whole, whole skill. That's right. Which is again not hard to do. Um, yeah. Like. Honestly, it seems that the the problem with DIs isn't the front end of like I need to achieve this, uh, you know, th- this threshold. It's the it's the back end of how long can I keep this up for? Because decking out was a problem, um, just in general, right? 
Yeah, uh, at this point, it was definitely becoming a problem in the clan, uh-huh. uh, like especially with the uh, promo legion Astroth. Uh, the m- most efficient and fun way to play it is to get yourself a twenty soul, so you swing for three damage. Yeah, but then of course, then you're going to deck out pretty soon with twenty cards in your soul. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I actually very rarely. I, I I didn't play a very legion heavy version of Amon when you could play Amon. I don't remember when uh, Bar- Barman Grace came out. She actually well, came I, out in this set yeah, that we're true. talking this about. Set? Okay. Yeah. yeah, so this is a set where I started playing a lot more Amon. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a starter called Amon's Follower, Barmaid Grace. And it's a uh, counterblast one, rest it. If you have a Vanguard with Amon in the name, you soul charge two. Then you choose one of your units with Amon in the name and give it Amon skill for the turn. So the plus 1k for each card and soul. And so you could just play like super aggressive. Like throws. And you also got the... You also got the limit break enabler, which is also a mod. So yeah. you could you could call the limit break enabler, uh, call anything in front of it, and you could lock the limit break enabler for a mod versus skill, <laughs> and then gain the crit like right as you ride grade three, which was pretty great. So you could play like a really aggro version of a mod, set them up to you know four three four damage, and then stride gil, uh, gilderai. Yeah, gilderai so, uh, was also a big card that came in this set. So yeah. Uh, he was um th- this was supposed to be your finisher stride and what a finisher stride he was um yeah he was uh one of our main units for a good long time until just recently with the new yeah. set so uh his skill is you flip him uh i can't remember what what gets assigned to what but all i remember is there's 10k a crit and guard restrict involved six soul 10k 10 soul a crit 15 soul guard uh no cent no grade ones are higher okay the um the crit is actually if you have two or more face up cards. Oh, use oh my bad. Very yeah. important thing. Yeah, I just assumed it was a GB two skill like everything else, but yeah, yeah. It's not. <laughs> um, but that's still very good. Uh, it, it it dampened a little bit with uh, um, G guards because then you can go all right. That's thirty one. I'm already almost there. Then just throw a couple zeros down and you're most mostly okay. Um, what gave it another kind of burst of power, though, was in GBT07, you guys got another round of support and got uh, Enigmatic Assassin. Oh, boy. Oh, yes, definitely. So, yeah. uh, with Gilderay, at the time, uh, his numbers were very scary. And then the best way to boost him up was with Barmaid Grace. Uh, because in Amon, you can choose your Vanguard because your heart card is Amon. Yeah. And you'd hit really big numbers. But then now with Enigmatic Assassin, basically any archetype can do this because Enigmatic Assassin can pop out and boost her 20,000 power. Yeah, so Enigmatic was... Uh, and also this is where the um, the keyword came out, darkness. So uh, darkness is just... It's a state kind of like uh, Hollow or uh, Blaze or Engorge where uh, if a card was put into your soul this turn, you're just in darkness. Um, I think it's more of like the player is in darkness, not a particular card, but uh, very easy to do. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Enigmatic Assassin still was uh, darkness at the beginning of an attack step, so a lot of people tend to mistake what this means. It means when something is about to declare an attack. So... You, that means you can pull her out and boost with her because you haven't started attacking yet. You just go, 
I'm going to attack now. And then she's like, oh shit, I got you. And then <laughs> comes out. Um, so it, wasn't it, if it's six or more, you can do that and she gets 5k. And then if you have 15 or more in soul after you do that, she gets another 10k. I believe the first one's 10 soul. Oh, it's 10, then 15. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Since it's not G-Break, six soul would be pretty crazy for yeah. rush decks. Yeah, plus, and also she's she's not a forerunner. So some people used her as your starter, so you could guarantee it in the soul and then pull it out later. Um, but also this, and uh, this came around the time of Fighters Collection 2015 winter, wherein they decided to uh, make a lot of stuff into either subclans or archetypes and decided to add two new cards to the Bladewing family, that being Bladewing Sullivan and Bladewing Tibbled. Um I can't believe we've reached a point where these like the most important like among the like most important like four cards in the clan. Sullivan Tibbled. Yeah. And Ignite Assassin. What's the fourth one? Uh Where Tiger Jaeger? Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you count the next set. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> and uh, Blader Mouse. So I'd say five. Yeah. Oh, okay, sure. Okay, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, so Sullivan was another Bladewing card. He was an 11k that when you rode him, much like uh, Reiji, you picked a rear guard and then grabbed copies of it from your deck and put it in your soul. So that meant that you could gra- if you had Enigmatic Assassin there, you could go, oh, cool, I'm putting three copies of her into the soul. So I can do stuff with that later. Or, you know, Dimension Creeper or, you know, Bladewing Sykes, which came in GBT-07, stuff like that. Um, but the other skill, and the more important skill, was that if you had 15 more or uh, fifteen or more cards in Soul, uh, he got a skill that all of your Guardians got plus 10k shield. So if someone attacks for 21k, I'm going to guard with this draw trigger. We're good. And then it goes to the drop zone. But... It also got a skill that after you guarded, you would soul blast two. Um, you don't have to guard; you just lose it. For, yeah, yeah. No just after any battle that yeah. you uh, were in, you soul blasted two. So this was unique for Dark Regulars because there was not really any soul blasting skills, were there? For a while, there was only one other card that soul blasted, and it's the terrible. Uh, it's like the brutal Jack clone, uh, where it's 11k grade two. Uh-huh. But it was also uh, still vampire, right? Yeah, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the ultimate yeah. blast. Yeah, but yeah, the uh, fallen angel Seraquiel or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had to soul blast three to get rid of her resist or not resist oh, restraint skill. Yeah. I mean that's not hard to do, but that seems awful. Still, like because yeah, if you ride it yeah. and you don't have three soul, then you're fucked. Uh, you yeah, rest won't. in peace. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so this was also paired with Bladewing Tibbles, which I'll let one of you guys explain, because apparently I'm bad at this. Um, so Bladewing yeah, so Tibbled is a Tibbled is a stride to take your drop zone and just put it back in, shuffle it back in. And then if you have 15, uh, Rogue gets 10k, and if you don't, you still charge 5. But is Previously, we we had this we had, we had the situation where you would deck out with dark regulars, especially with the new darkness keyword, where you want you to continuously keep soul charging. Yeah. But now, so dark regulars is desperately looking for a way where they can just ref- refresh their deck, put cards back in their deck, so they don't deck out as fast. 
and this is just the almost just about the best way to do it. Well, especially yeah. because because Sullivan helps you like build your drop zone the way you want to, whether you're like, all right, I guard, then I'll soul blast these two crit traders, and then I'll mm-hmm. go into Tibble next turn and shuffle them back in. Yeah, the two cards have insane synergy together. Uh, they were made together. Uh, it's its own engine, and it became the most prominent archetype for our clan. Yeah, and it's kind of funny that the other Bladewing Grade 3s, including the one in Set 7, which is uh, Wings of Recurrence, Bladewing Ragey, is just like, are just awful. Like, Rage- but Sullivan's just so insane. Yeah. Um, I suppose Ragey des- deserves his own description, the second Ragey. Um, I know oh. that... <laughs> I mean, we, we, we said what it was. Not everybody knows every card. He, he deserves to have his effects read, even if it is terrible. Um, <laughs> so he, he was a triple R in GBT07. I'm not sure why. Uh, and his skill was you soul blasted 15, which uh, I think that's the first occurrence in the game where more than 10 was on a card for a soul blast cost. So uh, when he attacked Vanguard... Yeah. What? Yeah, I think that holds the record at yeah. the moment. So it's uh, when he attacks a Vanguard, if you have a Bladewing Ragey in your soul, you may pay the cost. If you do, it gets plus 15k and two crit till end of battle. So it's it's doing what his uh, predecessor did, except arguably worse, I guess. But And then his skill is you, uh, if he's in your soul, you counterblast one and choose three cards from your hand and discard them. At the end of the battle, that your grade three Vanguard with Bladewing and its card name not named him attacked. If the attack did not hit, you may pay the cost if you do ride this card to stand. So I hate that it said grade three Vanguard with Bladewing because this would be hilarious with uh, Bladewing Tibbled, but unfortunately, or you know, just striding on any Bladewing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that would be nice. so. They what what they want you to do is ha- be on the original Bladewing Ragey. And attack with like some giant boosting, right? For like twenty two three crit. And then at the end of battle you C B one, discard three, ride this from soul, you still have fifteen soul because the ragey you know, you're taking one out to put one in. Yeah. And then you attack with this guy, and then you know you have Ragey in the soul, so you have another twenty six three crit. That's what they want you to do. Yeah. But it's just not ever worth being on the original blade wing ragey because he sucks. Yeah. A lot of times you just swing for seventeen because you just have like a seven K booster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's not really anything good to boost Ragey. I tried for a long time with Doreen, um, but then you don't really have any engine to soul charge, so it's just whatever's in your hand. It's just pretty bad because you just don't hit for a lot. It's like so, 17, oh, drop a 10k shield, intercept. Yeah. So, like, you know, Bishro kind of failed on like trying to turn. Ragey into a deck, but they just slam dunk on Tybalt and Sullivan. Um, and then this also combined with Enigmatic Assassin from this set into its own deck of, uh, it, it was like it was one of the few decks not named Gear Chronicle or Night Rose that can kill First Stride fairly consistent, uh, consistently. Uh, one thing we're not mentioning is that there's a PR that came out a, a little bit before this called Flying Librarian. Yeah. It's All an right. 8K grade yeah. 2 on place, uh, Generation Break 1, Counterboss 1, um, Soul Charge 2, if you have 6 or more Soul, Counter Charge 1, if you have 10 or more Soul, draw a card. Yeah. And 
like so basically like this card is just free on play soul charge two and you don't lose any cards from hand it just fills a spot on board and doesn't cost any counter counter blast yeah and then uh yeah you might draw into something else that soul charges as well you just kind of chain things together and what the chaining things together goes with is from a little fighter's collection stride called Solus Demigod. Um, or whatever. So his skill is uh, every time when he's on Vanguard Circle, during your main phase when a card is soul charged, all the units in your front, he gets red text, all the units in your front row get plus 1k. So note that that does not say once per turn. So every time you're soul charging... During your main phase, my front row gets two, three, four, five, six, etc. Um, and that, and because the effect is on him and not on your rear guards, anything that comes out after that also gets the boost. Um, so looking pretty good so far. I can have three attacks that can do stuff. Maybe if I run stand traders. Oh wait, enigmatic assassin. Uh so yeah, I'm pretty sure this is not the way Bushy Road intended for us to use this card. A hundred percent sure that's not <laughs> that, that's not the way they intended. <laughs> okay, so I, I have this theory that there is a card designer who is getting increasingly more frustrated when the player base comes up with combos and deck ideas that is not what they like Bushy Road intended us to do, and he's just they getting, should design better. Yeah. I, I call him Jenkins. So Jenkins is just like, motherfucker, you weren't supposed to enigmatic assassin with demigod? Why? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Sorry, Jenkins. Yes. You messed up again. What's kind of uh, and what's kind of great about about this whole deck, too, is like you basically have infinite counterblast to mess with, too. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, there was a stand trigger in set three, and I know how much I said I hate stands, right? But this is one situation where I actually do like stands. Uh, it's called a monochrome of Nightmare Land. And they 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 attempted to do some Nightmare Land sub archetype, but nobody actually cares. I think that was but, more. Uh, that, I think that was more an aesthetic thing than anything else. It just yeah. Wasn't like, uh, at the time Monochrome yeah. was released, it wasn't actually an archetype or sub clan or whatever you want to call it. Right, but they tried to force it later. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Like. But uh, it, it's just you put this thing on top of your deck. You salt. You shuffle your deck first. This is a very important part of the card. Soul charge one, and then if you have six and soul, you counter charge one and if you have 10 or so you draw a card so you just shove it back in your deck to soul charge one and uh mm-hmm. it also counter charges and draw it's also just counter charges so it's just infinite counter blast yeah everything refunds itself basically <laughs> flying librarian the cat that kind of thing um so with enigmatic assassin who thanks to bladewing sullivan if you happen to draw assassin early you can guaranteed put three copies of her into your soul you can get you know, at least six attacks at holy shit levels um, at, on, like, a fairly consistent basis. And in the event you don't kill your opponent, you can just go into Tibble next turn and put your drop zone back. Mm-hmm. And then also you had, you know, Gilderai, and then also, and we, we failed to mention this. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Wait, we haven't gotten to the next set. So the next set was Absolute Judgment. Um, and in there we got the uh, Sharhat Stride. Um, he doesn't matter quite as much, but I still think he's a good card. Yeah, he's definitely something that you want to play one of, uh, in basically every deck's G zone, just yeah. for uh, field reliant clans. Like yeah. if you go, if you find yourself up against Aqua Force, Nova Grappler, uh, Neo Nectar, something like that, then you're gonna really appreciate having this in your G zone. One of my favorite. I mean, well, hang on, I'm, I'm pulling his effect up now. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry. 
Uh, also, when you're playing against like decks like Wing Joker, just having additional guard restricts is really important. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so his skill is uh, one steeped in Sin Sharhat. It's uh, GB2 Darkness. Counterblast one when this unit attacks, you may pay the cost. If you do, put all of your rear guards in your soul, and this unit gets plus 10k until the end of the battle. If the number of your car- of cards in your soul is 10 or more, retire all of your opponent's rear guards. And if the number of cards in your soul is 15 or more, until the end of the battle, your opponent cannot car- call cards of the Sentinel ability from hand to guard circle. Um, so one of my favorite things to do is if I don't kill a demigod, just to go into this, and I will typically have just two enigmatic assassins on board, so I'll just eat them again and blow up my opponent's field in the process. Um, it's very satisfying. <laughs> Yeah, you can't activate the assassins on that turn, unfortunately. Yeah. Because of the timing. But you can set it up for next turn. Yeah. Um, a lot is... of times uh, I like going into this as my first start if I've G guarded. Yeah. Uh, because you can just clear their field and they've stridden first, so they probably have things on board, so you cleared out. And you can attack with your left column, attack with your right column, pop out assassin, attack with assassin pop out another assassin, attack with that assassin, and then you just bring them all back in the next turn. So it's nice, easy five attacks, field wipe. Yeah. Uh, pretty solid. And you then, just need to be able to get to the soul count. Yeah. I mean, the it also gets around resist, which can be very helpful depending on what you're playing against. Um, yeah. So very solid card. Like you said, play at least a one of... Um, I have two at the moment, but that's probably going to change once uh, GBT-11 comes around, but... Maybe yeah. not. Who knows? I, a I, lot of people are shaving uh, Guild of Rye post uh, uh, in newer days because yeah. if you look at a yeah. lot of the Fires Collection G-Guards, like, even if you boost Gil with um, with Enigmatics, so it's 56k, like, the new Aluru for Gear Chronicles, like a one-card guard for it. Yeah. It's just like, ugh. Yeah, in some of my decks, uh, I've been playtesting with the new stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just two Guild of Rye. For most of them, because mm-hmm. you got to fit in a lot of the new stuff. Yeah, and um, he's kind of just now your card. If you see your opponent drive tech like two perfect cards and a grade one, and they only had two cards before, then you know you can kill them with Gilderay. It's like a moment of weakness um, thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, you just want to have him in there just in case for those situations. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be a four of any longer. That's fair. I mean, whatever. It's not a big deal. Uh. So, was there anything else in GBT-08 that was, like, GBT-08. competitively were, or helpful or anything like that? I don't know about competitively, but if you were really stuck on not playing Blade Wings for whatever reason, All right. uh, you had Glenn's End Vampire. David, oh, yeah. so, I'll, I'll let you guys take this one. <laughs> so, yeah, I played uh, Glenn's End Focus decks for a while since this uh, deck came out. Mm-hmm. Glenn's and Vampire is good solely because he synergizes really well with Enigmatic Assassin, which is already one of the best cards in the clan. Um, because his skill is... Let me click on it right here. So the relevant skill uh, that we're talking about right now is his GB1 skill, Darkness. At the end of your turn, so after your G unit leaves, um, it's kind of like Great Nature. Yeah. Uh, at the end of your turn... If the number of cards in your soul is six or more, oh, well, the cost is you choose a card from the, with the darkness ability from either hand or your rear guard, and you put it in your soul. And then you get to draw if you have six or more cards, 
And if you have 15 or more, you get a retire, a choice retire, and a counter charge. So, so the point is that you'd want to pop Enigmatic Assassin out, uh, reap the benefits of it, the 20k boost, and at the end of your turn, you retract it back into your soul using this card. You get a draw, and if you're at 15, then you also get counter charge and a retire, and you have an assassin ready for next turn. Good stuff. Um, and then the other skill was just on Rider Call, check top five for darkness stuff, put it in there, and then you get to yeah. plus 1k for... That's fine. It, it, it's just it's useful on all parts of the field, which is good. Um, and then the other card I wanted to talk about in this set was Succubus of Avarice, who was the yes. Darkness Perfect card. And also, unintentionally, one of the more useful cards in Blade Wings, which I don't think Bushra intended this. So she's your, nor- you know, a placed on guard from hand, blah, blah, PG. Uh, so GB1 Darkness, uh, you choose one of your grade one or less rear guards and retire it, and you return her to your hand. Um, from Soul. From Soul. So, awesome! <laughs> yeah. So this is the perfect card for Darker Regulars at the moment. Yeah. I play it in every archetype. You don't even need the GPGs, because you just, you have the Cat and Flying Librarian, and you... You, you just countercharge enough. There's no reason to play Flybreaker or whatever his name One is. One interesting yeah. thing about this, especially in a deck like Blade Wings, where you soul charge like almost your entire deck on your first ride turn, is that you no longer feel it. Ne- like you, it frees up Grade One space where you didn't have it in like a lot of clans normally, mm-hmm. because in a lot of decks you have to play four PGs just mm-hmm. because you need to find them by first ride. And in Dark Regulars with you know the heavy soul charging. You're very likely going to soul charge a PG somewhere along your first right turn, which means you can cut down your PGs to like two or three, rather than playing the full four, which opens up extra utility grade one space where did, you really need it. I run her at three, and it's working out great. So yeah, yeah. I ran three at the last California regional. Yeah, there you go. I, I, I've seen some lists in Japan play uh, as low as two. Actually, I think I've seen as low as one, but I would I would hesitate against that. Wow. In Blade Wing, I'd say you could go two. In any other archetype, I'd say go at least three. Understandable. Um, well, yeah, th- th- that's all the important stuff in eight. And then coming up, uh, is it October 1st, I think, or September 1st for us? September 1st. September 1st. We get in GBT11 Demonic Advent. Um, wh- which we'll do the set review for this when it comes out, so I, I don't want to get too deep into it but uh the important thing to talk about here is uh okay in japanese it says one who splits darkness bread a mouth but i get the feeling that's gonna like change so in the english dub of the anime anishi says blader mouse yeah so that makes sense like that's german sound and he's got blade in there it yeah like m-a-u-s at the end Okay, I'll I'll give it to you. Um, so he is a new restander, um, which DIs didn't have before. And uh, it, did one of you guys want to take it? Or sure, yeah, sure. Oh, go on. <laughs> okay, so Blader Mouse is GB two Darkness uh, once per turn, of course. Uh, Counterblast one. Choose a face down card from your G zone with the same. So you flip it up. And then when he attacks, you can pay the cost. Uh, if you have 10 or more cards in the soul, so you just need 10, uh, you return all of your grade 0 cards from your soul to your 
and rear guard to your deck. Shuffle your deck. Choose two of your rear guards. They get 5,000 power. And at the end of the battle, you stand it with drive minus two. So oh, you forgot one part of the cost of putting two cards from your hand into soul. Oh, yeah, I skipped that over. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's important that you put them into your soul instead of discarding them. Yeah, because you can put triggers from your hand to your soul, which then go back in the deck. You can uh, put a card called Wear Tiger Jaeger, which we'll get to in a second here. Um, you can put... I don't know what else you would put in there, but just it's good. Um, is this the new finisher? or This is definitely the main focus of most decks, I would say, right now. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe not Bladewing. It's more of just a finisher uh, in Bladewing. Yeah. Um, but in Sharat, uh, Amon, um, even Lanzand, if you're still playing that, mm-hmm. then this is going to be your main go-to guy. Yeah. Doesn't this also synergize with the original Sharhat? Because then you get a retire twice because he attacks twice. Yeah. That's when cool. they first released the original Sharhat, I was kind of underwhelmed, but I was I was always hoping for a restander so you could double dip on his skill. Mm-hmm. And we finally do have that. It's a lot of counterblast though. The new Sharhat's overall better. Yeah. Which uh, speaking of which, one who statters sin Sharhat, he's got a rose this time, so good for him, I guess. He, he got into botany. So when your G-Unit strides, uh, you may soul charge two, if you do. And the number of cards with the darkness ability in your soul is four or more. Your opponent chooses one of his or her rear guards and retires it. So that shit's just free. Um, nice. Good stuff. Yeah. You just um, need to make sure you're playing enough darkness cards. Because in my testing, uh, when I drop down in the darkness cards, so no doubt I don't have the four darkness cards in soul. Because uh-huh. uh, you'll ride one, uh, you'll ride two... Yeah, and so you have two soul, and then you soul charge two from this guy for. So if you don't have any external soul charging before your first stride, they uh, need to all be darkness cards, or else you don't get the retire. How how many darkness cards do you think you would need to play minimum for this to be consistent, quote unquote? Um, it depends on which cards you're playing. Like if you play uh, Demonted Executioner, yeah, then you can call that early, uh, get an extra darkness card in the soul. Yeah. Um. So it depends on, like, what early game soul charges you have. Yeah. You will never, ha- like, without early game soul charging, you will never have be able to play enough cards with the darkness ability because of triggers. Oh, true. So you need external soul charging. Okay, so Demented Executioner is just a good card in this build, then. Um, the other half of the skill is GB2 Darkness when he attacks, uh, Vanguard or Rearguard. So this is, um, uh, you know, useful... All around, when he attacks, if the number of cards in your soul is 10 or more, you may pay, uh, in, until the end of the battle, he gets plus 5k, and your opponent cannot call grade zeros from hand to guard circle. Awesome. Yeah, this card uh, is surprisingly good, especially for that second skill. Uh, I find myself calling him a lot to rearguard and uh, pumping him up, because a lot of things give plus 5 power, and um, you can make this guy pretty beefy. Uh, it's pretty scary. Yeah, what makes this a lot better than... Uh, so there's a card called Doppel Vampire, which people pretended to, that it was good. <laughs> and it, what, so Doppel Vampire is a little different. It's darkness, and if you have you know, similar condition, gain 5k in grade zeros. But being a 9k is kind of a... Uh, 9 plus 5 is not a good number, especially in a deck where you don't want to just constantly be leaving boosters laying around. Or yeah. Can't afford to call them. 
So, also, uh, Doppel Vampire, you can you have to make space for him. Whereas with this card, you're already running it as your vanguard. Yeah. Right. A, a lot of modern um, Dark Regos decks are just playing like Demonted, Flying Librarian, Succubus of Attachment, and if they're in like something of that nature. And yeah. maybe if and if they're Blade Wings, they might be playing Blade Wing Sykes, the Grade Two Blade Wing. But yeah. other than which um has. It, it's like a dim- grade two dimension creeper, except as an on call, you can soul charge one if you have a blade wing vanguard. Uh, but other than that, the grade two space is very tight. Yeah, most definitely. There's just not room for doppel vampire when he doesn't like contribute to the soul charge or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's very important that almost like that a very high percentage of your card soul charge. Makes sense. Um, and then the last uh, main thing to cover in this set would be. Where's Hydra Jaeger, which uh, that was a promo in Japan for a long time, and then we're just now getting it. I find it rather infuriating, but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. I've been waiting for this thing. Better late than this never. This thing is absurd. Yeah. It has, like, three skills. All of them are, like, relevant and good. Why don't we each take a skill? <laughs> um, sure. All right, so for the first one, you, you uh, counterblast one during your turn. When this card is put into your soul due to the effect or uh, cost of one of your cards, you may pay the cost if you do draw a card. So, like, if you put him into soul with Breadamouth or Blademouse, eh? Yeah. yeah, or, you know, just ride Bladewing Sullivan and choose where Tiger Jaeger and just counterblast three, draw three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hope you have the cat laying around. Oh, I mean, probably. Yeah. And then he yeah. has another ability that when he's in soul, he has a darkness ability where you can counterblast one, discard a card... And if the number of cards in your soul, soul is six or more, soul charge one. Then if the number of cards in soul is ten or more, you just return it to hand. So you just pull it out of your soul for whatever reason. And if that I wasn't enough, uh, while you're paying for the cost for stride, if you have two or more cards, just two cards with a dark disability in your soul, he gets to be a stride fodder. So it's a stride fodder that you can pull out of your soul. And if it ends up in your soul, you can just draw cards off of it. Jesus Christ, people. Like, if they just got rid of the first skill, people would still play it. You're like, all right, cool. It's another stride fodder. Um, this card has way too many abilities. Yeah, well, especially because th- you don't want to be on any other grade 3 besides Bladewing Sullivan. And then the problem with that comes from, well, I don't have enough grade 3s for stride fodder. Now you do, because you have this and the original stride fodder. Yep. Yeah, that's really important. Fan freaking tastic. Yep. Um, a lot of uh, Bladewing decks in Japan are pretty much capped at five grade threes. They just play the four Sullivan and the one uh, new sh- new Sharhat. Oh, okay. I didn't know they played the new Sharhat. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know they tucked that in. Yeah. So. Yes. Uh, not not all of them play it, but I I do see it in more off more often than not. Makes sense. Um, but you just need to ride Sullivan. It's also searchable with the old uh, Strike Fodder. So. Hmm. Oh, the Charhat. Yeah, well, there's that, and then also uh, G-Assisting doesn't hurt too bad, because you just wear Tigreator <laughs> or whatever else. Yeah, um, uh, that's another thing. Yeah. None of these skills are G-Break. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Horrifying. Um, so w- with you know GBT-11 being out in Japan for a little bit now, and we're getting it uh, you know, beginning of next month, how do you think this affects uh, DIs competitively? Here, it's huge. Both, or anywhere. Um, yeah, because uh, Dark Regulars have been on the map for a little bit in Japan mm-hmm. because they got the promos before we did for Where Tiger Jaeger. Yeah. Because this card is really good in Bladewing. 
and really puts it up there uh, to compete with meta decks. But uh, we haven't had that card, so we haven't seen a lot of Dark Irregulars topping here. Uh, this card alone will definitely push Dark Irregulars to be able to top at least a couple times, uh, let alone the other good cards we have in this set. Uh-huh. Yeah, and what's kind of su- super good about the Dark Irregulars deck that exi- as it exists now, the Blade, well, the Blade Wing deck, I should say, is that it's pretty resilient to things like Hetero Around. Like, Hetero Around, just doesn't, like, you just don't care. Well, because it, it's not that your rear guards do things, it's that your vanguard makes your rear guards do things. Right. So, so act- just being vanguard centric just yeah. makes it not matter. Actually, you're, uh, I, I saw somebody, like, I attacked with, uh, you know, like Flying Librarian or something, and the guy header arounds me and then it makes me call a new thing. I'm like, cool, you just gave me another attack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, why are you doing this? <laughs> okay, thanks, I guess. Um, yeah, so I, I I do think this is going to be an interesting meta, you know, come come autumn for us. Uh, you know, you got all the new 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 Batama stuff. You have uh, Blaster Engine getting Gancelot. You have uh, you know DIs becoming a thing. You have Blade Master finally getting out in the forefront again. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, this is easily going to be one of the top decks after set eleven. Like. Uh, what makes a lot of the decks so good is that they have like these very powerful first stride turns, uh-huh. and this deck has exactly that. Demigod. Wow. I mean, it's not it's not a it's not a first stride turn that you're going to kill from like zero to six generally, mm-hmm. but it is a first stride turn that you're going to you know kill from three like pretty easily. Yeah, either that or you're going to cripple them. Like I have one card in hand going into first stride. Shit. Yeah, good luck, bro. Yeah, yeah, I've had situations like that. Yeah, and then if not, you just kind of go into Tibbled until you're ready to Charhot or Dill to ride them to death. Or Blader Mouse. There's like, there's so many things you can do. The pieces are coming together. Um, let's see. So there's that, and uh, I guess it's time for our favorite part of clan analyses. You work at Boucherode, and Jenkins just got promoted over you, and you're getting laid off. However, you are about to send some cards down to the printer. And you're in charge of the Dark Irregulars department, so you decide, fuck it, I'm getting fired anyway, let's break Dark Irregulars. How do you do it? This is easy. Grade 1 Enigmatic Assassin. <laughs> Ew. Same <laughs> effect? Same effect? More disgusting. Yeah, same effect. Literally. You can run them both. Oh. An insole ability that triggers at the end of the battle of one of your rearguards attacked of put that rearguard into soul, call, it, call this new thing out. Oh my god. So you give any kind of pale, vague pale moon effect to Dark Regulars. Ugh. As if Enigmatic Assassin wasn't bad enough. Um, right, well, but all these things are just abusing Enigmatic Assassin, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I, I, I would uh, just make another Sharhat stride there. You, you put your drop zone to the bottom of your deck in any order, and then based on the number of cards you put back, you get to do certain things. So if you put Six, you get to retire one of your opponent's rear guards. Ten gets plus, uh, you know, if you put ten back, he gets ten uh, k and a crit, and then fifteen back gets uh, guard restrict from uh, grade one or higher and G guards. Ta-da! Jeez. We said break it, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> that is <Yes>. overloaded. Uh, <laughs> the whole G guard restriction is like really strange. <laughs> uh, I mean, it looks pretty scary from the OTT thing. 
Yeah, I haven't tested against it yet, but we'll see what OTT does with that. I'm horrified. Uh, so, do you think that the, the side note, aside from Blagrens, do you think the Sharharat deck is playable now, or? I think it definitely got better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been playtesting it a bit. Brennan Vampire is a pretty decent card. Uh, basically, Vamp- it gives you a reason to run Sharat finally, because he hasn't really had too many name-restricted cards. It's just his Heart Thumb clone. Um, cool. Wait, Brennan, uh, Brennan Vampire... kind of hurts, because I think Glenn's End is still kind of a better uh, grade 3 ride than either of the Sharats. Shah- Ironically, this is not what Boucherot was going for either, um, <laughs> which makes Brendan still a little awkward to me. Wait, but Bre- I do think that I, I do think I do think the deck is playable. I don't. Uh-huh. I just think it's going to be worse than Blade Wings by a significant margin. I think. Yeah, if, exactly. I think if they gave them a decent first stride with the Sharhrat name, like w- what they did with Vanquisher and V Buster, then Brennan would be easier to play because you could do that early game and then you would go into the original Sharhrat late game. <laughs> just for the name. Um, but wait, the still is uh, Darkness, Diphthia uh, Mon still, so plus one for every card in soul. And then after it attacks, put in soul draw, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Okay, so it's like Jeffrey from Gold Paladin. I'm not too familiar with that card. So it, it, it's the same thing. Unite. After it boosts, you can put it in soul and draw a card. Pretty simple. Right. Yeah. Jerry on flips though, yeah. right? And then, uh, no, I... Uh, yeah, Jerry is the stand trader that does that. Jeffrey is the grade one where you put it in soul and draw. Yeah, the cool sure. thing is um, yeah. with Brennan Vampires, you can open up a rearguard circle for Enigmatic Assassin. Uh, oh, just, yeah, that's true. Instead of having a yeah, and over. you don't minus yourself by calling over, um, which is neat. Uh, but the problem is uh, working in uh, that and... Later, mouse. Uh, it's kind of awkward. Yeah, I think I Brennan might be a bit better if Sharhat gets like a proper stride that's just like um, you know, like V Buster or yeah, like just a stride that works just by existing on Vanguard Circle. Of, like one of the stride, hard. one of the basic stride fusions, not the GR variant. Makes sense. Yeah. Either way, Sharhat now has something to differentiate himself from the others, and it's pretty decent from what I tested. But I don't think it's going to be the best archetype. I think uh, Blade Wing or Amon is going to be the best. Blade Wing is crazy. Yeah. I, I would choose that one every time. <laughs> Me too. I, I'm i just happy that it, like, I, I made it for so cheap. And then yep. now, it's, uh, now it's not that. The whole bet was that you'll actually get the, uh, the Were Tiger Jaeger. And it happened. What bet? Did I make a bet with someone about this? No, no. Like, uh, I mean... You went. You you weren't sure we were going to get an English ever. Oh right, right, right. Okay. So you were you were you were relying on the fact that we wouldn't we would we would get this card eventually, and we did. So good stuff. Um, I think I wrote a letter to Boucherud at some point, like, "Dear Boucherud, please put this in English," <laughs> along with ma- I mean, many other true. complaints I put in there, but. Well, what's cool in Jap- what's cool is they put it in the SP pack for dark regulars. So. Yeah, I mean that's nice. I'm not I'm not going to go find that. I already got the Dray Nature one, uh, SP pack. I don't need to do anything else. But um, yeah. Anything else to say about the the Edge Lords in the darkness? No, Clan's cool. 
if, yeah. uh, if if you want a silly first stride deck that's just super hilarious, yeah. you should definitely play Blade Wings. Or, or or if you can find an old box of uh, Fighters Collection 2015 Winter, you can probably make it for pretty cheap. Because everything, okay. As, aside from uh, Sullivan and Tybalt, it's like the the rest of the deck is fairly cheap, isn't it? Uh, for the most part, Gilderay got reprinted. Yeah, so for sure. Hot's kind of expensive. Yeah, but yeah. like you can, you can, yeah, but you can get away with one. Like that's yeah. I, don't know. I was just saying, like it is something to consider. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, I don't even know what tables. I don't even want to know. I think he's like fifteen. Let's find out. <laughs> um, I know it's galore. But yeah, I'm I'm sure that happened. Sullivan is like annoyingly close to ten dollars when he shouldn't be. Um. Oh, yeah, for a uh, Fighters Collection Double Rare. Yeah, Fighters Collection Double Rare. That, that is the worst. Yeah, he's anywhere between $15 and $17 tibbled. Um, so, what a shame. So, before he gets bought out by random people, he should jump on that. I mean, I think that already happened, like the initial hype. Oh, okay. I don't know. Okay, Sullivan isn't bad. He's like anywhere between $1 and $3. Good. That went back down. All right. I remember it jumped up for a bit. Yeah, it was like ten dollars for yeah. a while. I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah. Well, either way, I, I highly recommend you get into this, David. It was a pleasure having you on. We will definitely have you on in the future. Um, thanks for coming. And uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Well, until next time, I was Atlas, and I'm Matt, and I'm David, and have a good one, everyone. take the time to thank anybody who found this podcast uh i also recommend sharing it with your friends family anybody who likes vanguard uh you can find us on soundcloud or on your podcast app that little purple thing that goes in the folder that of the stuff you can't delete like stocks who uses stocks anyway you can also tweet me atlas novak so at a-t-l-a-s-n-o-v-a-c-k you can also tweet at nexus at night n-e-x-u-s-a-t-n-i-g-h-t or you can tweet the Nexus Core YouTube channel, so at N-E-X-U-S-C-O-R-P-S. Be sure to check out that YouTube channel. Uh, we have, you know, card fights and deck profiles and all that good stuff.